0: Just say the word, just say the word, just
1: say the word, just say the word, just say, the word. Just say the word.
0: Hello, I'm Paul Mangel. I'm Balnur seni And I'm Yulia Stancheva.
1: Welcome to Just Say the Word, a podcast in which we pay homage to our relationship with words, their meaning and their power to create our world.
0: In every episode, we invite a special guest and ask them, what is your word? What does it mean to you? Where does it come from? As we immerse ourselves in the world of each guest, we will tell you the story of
2: their chosen word and how it relates to their life's experiences, successes,
1: and achievements. Our guest today on the show is Geetha Lodge, a Sunday Times best-selling writer and multi-award-winning playwright. Geetha, fantastic to have you with us, and the time has come for you to just say the word.
3: The word is blood.
1: Blood. Now that, uh, from a crime writer, seems to be incredibly apt. Um, but tell us why, why have you brought that along to the show today?
3: Uh, I was thinking partly of the blood implications of crime, of course, and how relevant it is to me. Uh, but also of the fact that, to me, crime and everything that goes with it, is about much more than gore and about blood and about death and, and murder crime is about the people it affects and about all the interrelationships that go with it what is hugely important in every crime in every case uh, are the families of the victims the families of those who are who are touched by it and um, and that really is more what blood means to me than the the sort of slightly more gory thrillery element
1: of it yeah so very much about uh family, clans, a, a group of people who come from the same ad- ancestor. The first thing I thought when uh, when I, I, I knew that, you, you know what your wood was going to be was, was blood brothers or blood sisters and the coming together of, of people on a, in a kind of pact. Is that part of what you're writing about?
3: Absolutely. That idea of, of blood as something of a pact, I think is absolutely fascinating. People often talk about the fact that you don't get to choose your family. Um, they're people that you're basically stuck with. And I think how strongly that, that affects people is is entirely fascinating. It's been particularly on my mind with my most recent book, Little Sister. Um, as the name implies, that family relationship is very important. Um, the, the premise sounds as if it's it's very simply about a girl who's decided that her sister means nothing to her, Um, a girl essentially who has vanished with her sister five days ago, and now she reappears covered in blood and says that she won't tell anyone what she's done with her younger sister until they do exactly what she wants and listen to everything that she has to say. So she's a very manipulative person. She is potentially bordering on being psychopathic, uh, but she's also someone who's clearly suffered quite a lot in her life. And what she starts to tell is a story about two sisters, about two sisters thrust into a care system which has failed them repeatedly. And there are a lot of questions to ask about how strongly that bond between the two sisters can be stretched before it starts to break, to fray, to unravel. Um, And in fact what I really enjoyed exploring, if enjoyed is the right word, is how people can manipulate each other um, to make even those incredibly important family bonds uh, just become detached and that's really what this story is about
1: wow lots of different connections there and you just come straight out with the word blood uh, you know you think of red blood that impactfulness uh, how does that work through your writing
3: I love to I love to try and play with words and in fact I think this book has given me a particular breath to do that because when you tell half your story through someone who likes to play games, word games become part of it. Um, but I also love the significance and symbolism in words and and sort of hiding small elements in it. What, what I'm not such a fan of is... Uh, using um, its of uh, the imagery of 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 blood as something simply to shock, I think it should always be there for a stronger and deeper meaning, uh, and I think that that the whole meaning of it is is always connected with suffering or closeness,
1: and as we've said, family. Thinking um, now about about uh, where you might have met that word in the first place, or what what images from your past. Uh, I mean, without uh, without delving too deeply, uh, I'm sure you're not writing your crime from an absolute personal point of view, or maybe you are. Where did the word blood first come into your life? Um, I remember things like seeing people in the playground fall over, and 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 you know someone would scratch themselves or or really quite injure themselves, and. Boys and girls, you know, crowding around looking in helpless fascination. Um, does, does any of that resonate with you?
3: Absolutely. I do remember it being uh, fascinating and horrifying. And, and I think everyone's reaction to that is different depending on experience, isn't it? I remember early on, um, I would tend to be frozen in place when faced by anything injury wise and not know what to do. And it, it took me repeated exposure to realise that I could do something, I could act, I could help. But I also remember very, you know, personally, I think two incidents which very much stick in my mind. Uh, my younger brother managed to injure himself very badly uh, on uh, broken glass. Um, he severed two arteries, which is obviously very serious, and he made it, which is extraordinary and wonderful. And a huge credit, actually, to my mother, who, uh, as a, a medic's daughter, knew exactly what to do in that situation and saved his life. Um, but uh, I was being walked back home from school by uh, a neighbouring family who took me home because of this incident. And I walked past the house and saw him being bandaged by paramedics who had clearly recently arrived. And um, I remember my initial absolute determination that it was not my brother, that it was a dog who had been injured, because I just Mm. couldn't deal with the reality of it. It's strange, isn't it, what you're... Your
1: brain will do. uh, No, no, absolutely, isn't it? Because, you know, when we see blood, we we must be hardwired in some sense. Of course, you know, it spells danger. Red spells danger. You know, it's it's, these things are are deeply within us. And as soon as we see that, we know it it affects our body, you know, beyond our ability to be able to control it. So it doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, you have to find ways around that, particularly when you've seen something quite so shocking.
3: Absolutely. It's It's a strange thing. And I think the, the other thing that then happened to me later, I think having sort of realised that people could be fragile, then I had a very personal experience of being fragile um, when I managed to fracture my arm very badly to the point where I had, a, I had a compound fracture. So my bones were sticking out of my skin and there was blood everywhere. Um, and I, I remember that it affected me enormously. I became obsessed with this idea of everyone being breakable. Yeah, suddenly blood became a thing, didn't it? It became... You know our fragility, our possibility, and I, I, suppose, I suppose also then that led to our mortality.
1: Absolutely, and another extraordinary thing about blood—you know, when you think about it, it's the one thing that we can share so quickly. You know, transfusions; people go and give their blood. It's—it's got this incredible shareable quality as well.
3: It has, and that sort of feeling of us all being some at some point. Slight amalgamations of each other. After yeah. a while, it's, it's sort of fascinating, isn't it? The idea that you, a little bit of you, might live in someone else. And I love that idea.
1: I remember these um, uh, when, when I was young. Probably still happens in in films. But the, you know, the idea of blood brothers. You know, where you, you or, yes. or blood sisters, blood people, where you, you know, you cut your own arm slightly, and the other person cuts <laughs> their arm, and what you know, you put them together, and and that's a bond that you know becomes unbreakable. How much does that play uh, through in your in your work?
3: There is a lot of a feeling of, um, of sort of unbreakable bonds. Um, and I think that when they do then become uh, potentially broken, it's incredibly significant. Uh, it, in my very first book, um, She Lies in Wait, again, there's a theme of sisters uh, where the... The victim, Aurora, who we know from the start is the victim, we know that she disappeared 30 years ago, that no one ever found her. And it starts with her body finally being found in a place where only the teenagers who'd been out camping with her actually knew about, which suddenly opens up everything and makes everything that they told the police uh, questionable and seem like it's probably a lie. And one of the people who was there with her that night was her sister, her older sister. And she really should have been looking after her because she was there. You know, because of the sister, um, and Aurora was 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 much younger than everyone else present. She was basically there because some of the older boys thought she'd become pretty and were interested in her. Mm. And to allow that to happen, to allow her to have come along into that situation, was her older sister's decision because she wanted to please those older men. Overlooking after her sister has been a huge, huge part of, uh, a huge guilt that she's carried for the rest of her life, you know, for the last 30 years. And it's really remoulded her as a person. Um, and that's where you know those bonds you know, do become incredibly problematic.
1: The word "blood," fantastic word, really interesting to hear how it weaves its way through your work, Geitha. Um Thank you so much for being on the show.
3: Oh, thanks so much. It's been such a pleasure. Just say the word. Just
1: say the word. Blood, an ancient
0: and powerful word, bound up in blood notions of lineage temperament power and literally lifeblood the first uses of the word blood in terms of inheritance and relationship emerged in english by mid-13th century and also as the fluid of life blood has stood for temper of mind natural disposition since the same time and then the meaning of blood as person of one's family race offspring or one who inherits the blood of another, is from late 14th century. From the 15th century, we see the development of many metaphors using blood. For example, his blood is up, meaning hot spark, a man of fire. The expression, blood is thicker than water, was attested by the 18th century and is in reference to family ties, which cause decisions to always be made in favour of the family when complex choices are faced. But where does the word blood come from? What is its etymology background? Let's find out with our language detective, Balner.
2: Blood comes from the Old English blot, which comes from Proto-Germanic blodem, blood. The High German blotter has the meaning of to swell, gush, spurt, or that which bursts out, compared to the Gothic bloth for blood, bloom, flower, which suggests the idea of being in full bloom. Perhaps the inspiration for our English word was the picture of the blood flowing from a wound. Blood is a word common to all the Germanic languages, but only to them. No word for blood common to all the speakers of the Indo-European languages existed, though some covered a large territory. Such is the Slavic word, Russian krov, and the Bulgarian krv. In my Kazakh, for example, blood is translated as khan. The first thing that comes to my mind when I hear that word is the importance our ancestors gave for the same blood not to get mixed. We even have a saying that goes, which means not to mix blood up to 7th generation. As you might know, tribalism still prevails in my Kazakh culture. So let's say I fall in love with a man from the same tribe I am from. Then according to the tribal rule, they need to check if there is any overlap in our ancestors up until the 7th great ancestor. If there is, then our marriage would not be allowed as we would be counted as relatives and the marriage would be a taboo. These rules exist and are passed through from one generation to another to avoid problems of inbreeding. But enough for my Kazakh culture. Another interesting connotation I want to mention about the word blood is the word bless. In Old English, bletsyen means to make holy, give thanks, which comes from the Proto-Germanic blodison, which is hallowed with blood, mark with blood, or blood sprinkling on pagan altars. So when you say bless you to someone, in a sense, you make someone holy
0: by the sacrifice of blood. Blood is one of the most fascinating and complex substances in the world. It has been used artistically as a symbol of love, rage, and war for centuries. In music, we have found 155,000 lyrics, more than 100 artists, and more than 50 albums matching the word blood. What song comes to your mind when you think of the word blood? I recall Blood on the Dance Floor by Michael Jackson from 1997. Not only because I used to dance on it, but also it had a very interesting video. It is about the predatory woman by the name of Susie, who seduces Jackson before plotting to stab him with a knife. Weird, no? Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2 from the 1983 album War. Hot-Blooded by Foreigner. Bleed the Freak by Alice in Chains from their first album Facelift in the 1990. Also, Blood Bang by Bonnie Iver. In the Blood by John Mayer. Blood on Blood by Bon Jovi and Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis are other well-known songs which have blood in their titles. And of course, Taylor Swift's song Bad Blood, which is from her fifth studio album, 1989. The media speculated that American singer Katy Perry was the subject of the song, but in any case, it won the Grammy Award for Best Music Video and received nominations for Record and Song of the Year. Did you know that there are more than 100 film titles that use the word BLOOD? First BLOOD from 1982 with Sylvester Stallone. There will be BLOOD from 2007, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. BLOOD DIAMOND from 2006 with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Connelly. And Harry Potter and the Half-BLOOD PRINCE from 2009. Here are just a few that come to my mind. Blood has been a part of filmmaking since before the talkies. But it took a long time in the history of cinema to reach a point where blood was shown at all, and it was subject to government censorship, aka the Hays Code. For the most part, blood was so taboo in film that even a vampire movie like Carl Theodor Dreyer's Vampire from 1932 kept its presence to a minimum it was Alfred Hitchcock in Psycho, who smashed many cinematic taboos. Part of the reason Hitchcock chose to shoot Psycho not in color but in black and white was because he didn't think audiences could handle the bloodshed of the major scene in color. Although Hitchcock used chocolate syrup, some audience members reportedly swore that the substance had been red. Such was the power and novelty of the filmmaking and the rarity of seeing blood actually flow on screen. One of the most recent film examples of art drenched with blood is Squid Game, Netflix's most watched series to date. In theater, the tragedy of blood, also known as revenge tragedy or revenge drama, refers to a genre that's concerned with, well, you guessed it, revenge as an all-consuming theme. This dark genre with multiple characters meeting their end dates back to the 16th century with the publication of works like The Spanish Tragedy, a play by Thomas Kitt, and Hamlet by William Shakespeare, which is the most famous example of Tragedy of Blood. Another production with Blood in its title is Willie Russell's musical Blood Brothers, which I enjoyed so much ten years ago in Phoenix Theatre in London. The story revolves around twins, Mickey and Eddie, who are separated at birth, one subsequently being raised in a wealthy family, the other in a poor family. They both fall in love with the same girl, causing a rift in their friendship, which leads to the tragic death of both brothers. In art and religion, blood drips with symbolism. Christian ceremonies, for example, transform wine into the blood of Christ. Artists use blood in their work as a symbol of radical ideas and controversial concepts. According to some artists, the feelings around blood are linked to the sensitivities we feel about our own bodies. No wonder art that's splattered with blood shocks us deeply. However, if you're not squeamish, you can check some of these artworks made with the horror and power of gore. Franco B., I'm not your babe from 1995. Anna Mendieta, Body Tracks from 1982. Herman Nitsch, Blood Picture from 1962. Kiki Smith, Blood Pool from 1992. And Kristen Clifford, I want your blood from 2013. What is your relationship with the word blood? And what association would you make when you hear it? Let us know. This episode was produced by me, Yulia Stancheva, for Alpha CRC. My co-hosts are Paul Manjel and Palno Nurjekseni. Sound design, Alpha Studios. Audio engineers, Mikos Nanazi and Gerard Rodriguez. With special thanks to our guest, Gita Lodge. If you like this show, please rate, leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. Thank you for listening. We will be back in two weeks time. Just say the word. Just say the word. Just
3: say the word. Just say the word. Just say the word. This podcast was brought to you by Alpha CRC. Global enterprise localization, local user experience.